Welcome to the Truth Across Time podcast. I'm your host, Sheila Farmer. As a lifelong student of history and English, I enjoy learning about the cultures, customs, and lifestyles in the Bible. Please join me as we explore the fascinating world of biblical events and the people involved. You'll see that the people of the Bible had concerns, triumphs and tragedies, joys and sorrows, successes and failures, not too different from our own. But because the Bible is God's Word, we can learn spiritual, eternal truths while looking at those people. Now let's go on this adventure and explore the truths that cross the limits of time and location. Thank you for listening to our Truth Across Time podcasts. It means so much to know that you're interested in the plight of God's people yesterday and today. And I love sharing my thoughts with you and hearing yours. Please let me know what you think about the broadcast and how it is ministering to you. Today, we're going to take a look at a very unlikely example of great faith, and I hope you find this story as compelling as I do. What do you think of when you think of ancient Rome? If you're like most people, you probably think of a very hard, militaristic people who conquered almost all of the known world and created a massive empire. Maybe you think of the colorful, sometimes outright crazy, emperors like Caligula and Nero. Maybe you think of the benefits they brought, connected roads throughout the empire, increased trade, a law code superior in the ancient world, or lots and lots of other things. For better or worse, the ancient Romans made a huge impact on human history. The Romans had conquered ancient Israel in 63 BC when General Pompey captured Jerusalem. The first hundred years or so of Roman occupation, until about 37 AD, were terrible for Israel, although I must say not as bad as what came later. The Romans installed a puppet king, Herod the Great, around 40 BC, and tensions between Israel and Rome never let up. Sometimes, of course, it was worse than at other times, but it was never easy. Rome had been a republic for about 540 years. Then Rome became an empire, and its first emperor was Augustus. This is the Caesar Augustus referred to in the second chapter of Luke, the one who decreed a census that caused Joseph and Mary to have to go to Bethlehem, where Jesus was born. You know, according to ancient standards, Augustus was not a bad ruler. He was, by all accounts, a genius at organization. He reorganized the empire after many, many years of civil wars. He stabilized the government. He actually cut the size of the Roman army, and he gave the veterans land grants throughout the empire. He started a system of taxation that paid for improvements. He didn't want the government to go too far into debt. He did many things that brought relative stability and peace to the Roman Empire and all of its territories. But Augustus was no softy. He had an empire to manage, and he was ruthless in his demand for obedience to Rome, even in those outlying territories. Ancient Rome practiced the worship of many gods, polytheism it's called. As you can imagine, this did not set well with the people of Israel. 
Rome was actually pretty tolerant in allowing its conquered peoples to practice their own religions, with one important exception. Conquered people had to declare ultimate allegiance to Rome by declaring that Caesar was a god. Judaism was monotheistic, meaning they worshipped only one god. Jews refused to pay homage to the Roman gods, and this immediately alerted Rome to the fact that the Jewish nation was going to be a serious problem for them. The Jews refused to make offerings to the Roman gods or take part in Roman religious festivals and feasts. Rome considered this disloyal and caused them to be pretty antagonistic to the Jews. The Jews, in turn, resented having to pay taxes to Rome, especially since much of the money went to support Roman interests and projects. The fact that they would not proclaim Caesar as a god was a constant affront to Rome, and this tension, as well as others, eventually erupted in rebellion several years later. But for a number of years, Israel lived in relative peace under Roman domination. The Romans were resented as conquerors, as harsh taskmasters, even though by ancient standards they weren't, at least in the early years. The Romans' worship of many gods was hated by the Jews. The Jews felt that Roman conquest humiliated them, caused them to be in servitude, and had brought much, much corruption to Israel. Bottom line, the Romans were generally hated by the Jews, and the Jews were generally hated and held in contempt by the Romans. An uneasy situation at best. The Romans were so accustomed to having many gods, even introducing new gods from conquered territories, that they just couldn't understand why the Jews were so resistant on the matter of religion. For the most part, they looked on this monotheistic religion with contempt. So, was this view true of all the Romans in Israel, or Palestine, as the Romans called it? Well, we know of at least one Roman who didn't have that view. Let's read Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 through 10, and verse 13. Now, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And verse 13 says, Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go your way, and as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed from that hour. A Roman centurion was a man of military standing. He would have had at least 80 men under his command and more like a 100 in most cases. 
He was a man of authority and was almost certainly battle-hardened and authoritarian. But something had happened to this particular centurion while he was in Israel. He had developed a respect for and a love for the God of the Jews. We're told in the seventh chapter of Luke, verses 4 and 5, that he loved Israel and had even built a synagogue for them in Capernaum. This man from a totally pagan culture had been touched by God. He obviously had heard about Jesus. We're not told if he actually heard Jesus preach or teach in person, but it's very possible that he had, since Jesus spent a lot of time in Capernaum. But at the very least, he knew of Jesus and had developed faith in his miracle-working powers. He had such respect for Jesus that he declared that he was unworthy for Jesus to even enter his house, and he said Jesus had only to speak the word and his servant would be healed. You know, it wasn't easy to surprise Jesus, but scripture said that Jesus marveled at the centurion's response. He was apparently somewhat shocked that a Roman, a Gentile, would demonstrate such great faith in him when his own people didn't. Jesus said that, at least at that point, he had not found such great faith, not even in Israel. Can you imagine surprising Jesus? That's hard for me to grasp, but that's what Scripture says. How wonderful to be so sure, so trusting, so filled with faith, that it makes Jesus marvel. I want to be like that centurion, don't you? I want to live with such faith that I learn not to ever doubt, to ever fear, to never question the Lord. I have to say that I'm not there yet, but I want to be. I have moments of fear or doubt in some situations, even though I know better. Does that ever happen to you? But then... As I pray or read God's word or hear a message or are reminded by someone else how good and how great God is, I'm reassured and my faith is strengthened. I sometimes consciously make myself remember times when God blessed me or brought me out of situations, situations that I know would have doomed me if he had not moved on my behalf. I am not and never will be deserving of God's blessings, but I accept them gratefully. I know that my next breath depends on his mercy and love. We should all strive to be like that Roman centurion, so sure of Jesus' power and his work on our behalf, so full of faith in the only one who deserves our faith that we don't even question him so calm in the face of danger or persecution or illness or even death or anything else we might have to deal with that we simply say, Jesus, all you have to do is say the word. Remember the centurion the next time you face a problem or a challenge and remember Jesus' response to him. How much farther up the road we should be now now that we have the constant presence of the Holy Spirit. But we all need reminding from time to time just who it is that we serve. 
Please join me on my next podcast as we study more Truth Across Time. I hope this podcast encourages you to develop a closer relationship with Jesus. But if you haven't made a decision to follow Christ, I pray you will ask Him to be the Lord of your life today. God bless. See you next week.